Hello, and welcome back to Meeples and Wine, episode 3 of 30 for Napodpomoposo. <laughs> Napodpomo episode 3. Yes, I am Michael. I am Susie. And we are slowly making our way through this. We're episode 3, and uh, yeah, we've gotten, I want to do a call out to our listeners. We now have 16 listens, according to Blueberry Statistics. And uh, I want to shout out to our two Romanian listeners, whoever you may be. We are now worldwide. So thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, definitely. And we're also uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys. You can contact us at the uh, webpage. It's in the show notes. Click the contact link and there's a bunch of different ways you can talk to us email and voicemail and stuff so but today episode three oh i know we had talked about having we were going to do a wine tasting and talk about a board game and talk about uh questions of the day and that sort of thing and um we we then realized that doing drinking a bottle of wine a day yes we have to modify our plan yeah it's a it, it, we, we both woke up this morning feeling a little furry. Uh, so it, um, we're, we're putting a bit of a hold on that one. So if you... <laughs> if you Not that the wine was strong. I just didn't sleep well. Yeah. No, it kind of throws you off after you drink a bottle right before bed. But um, but yeah, so we're, we're kind of putting the pump in the brakes on that one. And uh, we're going to skip the wine tasting for this episode. May bring it back tomorrow because that'll be Friday, and then we don't have to really do as much on Saturday. So that'll be good. Yeah, but I still need my beauty sleep. <laughs> it's essential. It's taking every, 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 every ounce of my fiber to not have 13 different inappropriate things for me to say <laughs> to you just popped up in my head. Hold it in. I will. All right. So question of the day is, what is your favorite type of strategy game? Oh, that's easy. Wait, you mean favorite type or favorite one? Well, favorite either favorite type. There are, you know, different kinds of strategy games. There are, uh, you know, like we said, there are strategy as in military strategy and moving pieces across the board. There's strategy as in uh, controlling areas on the board. There's also... Um, I guess you'd call resource management games a type of strategy game, also. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, you know what what is your favorite strategy game? Hmm. And what type is it? You just said it was easy. Well, because a game popped in my head. What would you call Robo Rally? Robo Rally, I would call that a strategy game. Yeah, but what type? Oh, I don't know. What's because both of the ones you mentioned. My head went, no. <laughs> that it's not a strategy game? Well, that I don't like them. I don't like war games, and I don't like... I don't really like resource management. The moving cubes games? It's, there's too many moving parts. Too many? Like, I like Chinese checkers. Okay. I like... Well, I like Roborel. I guess both of those, you kind of have to think... More than one step ahead. You have to think at least two or three steps ahead mm-hmm. of where you are. Let's see. But not 20 steps ahead. All right. So Board Game Geek says that Robo Rally is a strategy maze racing game. 
You race through the maze. Yes. That's true. So okay. You- so I like that. Well, um, what was that one racing game we did where it was actually cars going around a track? There's the sci-fi one. Because I know we played a science, a sci-fi one that we have in the basement. We played it with the girls. Yes. There was two different rules to it. We played the basic racing one. And then we had a, um, there was like a basic racing game. And then there was one that had like combat in there. I can't remember the name. It's in the basement. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. Well, I don't remember the one with combat. So no, we didn't do the, the com. One. No, we didn't do, there were two different sets of rules. Oh. There was basic rules just to race around the track, and then there was rules that you added for combat. Well, because I remember you had to, like, shift lanes to be able to pass somebody and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, there was and that, that. one was good. Pretty good. That was all right. Then there's also Formula Doe. Formula Do. There's a, like, an F1 type racing game that's very similar to that, except there's no guns involved. And you have to change out tires and things. I don't remember. I brought we that tires. years ago. I brought that home when I was demoing games when I was at Wizards. I don't think it was that long ago. So, but no, I'm pretty sure it was. I can't. I can see the. I can see the box. I just can't see the see the name of it. I will put it in the show notes. Okay. So, but uh, you don't like. I mean, how how deep is how many pieces is too many pieces? Because for a strategy game, I don't. I don't know. It's just like. If there's just too many things to keep track of, to figure out. If there's too many different ways to get points towards the win, then it's like where it can get overwhelming. Like, where do I put my effort in? You know? Yeah. So it was like the, uh, we were watching the demo of Wonderland's War before we started this one to see if we can Mm -hmm. talk about that one. And... There, I mean, it seems like a cool game. It seems like a game that I could get into, but there was like a scoring track and a battle track, and everybody had a card that had five different tracks on it. And then there were tracks at the top of the card and the tracks at the bottom of the card, and then you had a bag full of tokens. And yeah, and then sometimes you draw <clears throat> things out of the bag, and sometimes you do, and then that affects this other thing, and that affects this other thing, and then that could trigger this thing, which could trigger that, and then yeah. it's like never ending. Too many mechanics. Yes. Way so too that, many. Yeah, so that one I think we, you, you and I watched. It was only 10 minutes long talking about how to play the game, but it was just... <laughs> and then after you do this, and then you're going to put this into this, yeah. and then you put this into this sort of thing. I mean, it looks cool. I mean, the, the yeah. Kickstarter was very cool. They had little... I mean, the figurines uh, looked very nice. Yeah, my thought progression was, huh, Alice in Wonderland. That's been done before. Yeah. Oh, but this seems kind of cool. Oh, it's getting kind of complicated. Okay, no, no, no. This is way overwhelming. Forget yeah. it. <laughs> no, it got too far. Yeah. So, that I guess that would be the extreme amount. Remember, we tried tried to play that uh, World of Warcraft tabletop game. Oh, the ta- there were a couple different ones, weren't there? No. The, well, the first one where um, we had friends over and you and Jay were trying to figure out the rules and Amanda and I got bored and wandered oh, off. Oh, yeah, yeah. That happens. That, but yeah, that was. <laughs> they, it was just like PvP. I mean, that's the thing is that I have a problem with buying games is that I will see it's a, a game displayed and it looks amazing. Like, it's like I've got like um, War of the Ring. I've got that one, and that one is like the behemoth of strategy games. I mean, it takes 
it, I mean, if you're going to play the game, you have to block off at least half an hour just to set it up because you have to put the the track. Now, that the one I, thing I like about that one and the couple times that I've played it is that the you play, you have Sauron who's gar- garnering his armies to fight against the, um, the Alliance, but y- Sauron has like a fear track and he just gets people to fight for him because they're scared of him. Whereupon the elves and the dwarves and everybody else, if you, you play the men and you're trying to get the elves and dwarves to fight for you, but they have to gain, you have to have a trust, like a trust track. They won't fight for you until you have enough trust. They have enough trust in you that the battle is actually going to be won, that they're not putting their money on the wrong horse type of thing. So you have a longer struggle to try and get that up there and that sort of thing. But, uh, that's a very, very, I mean, it's just, I bought it years ago and they've just finally got a second edition that came out like last year. Mm-hmm. And I had purchased it at Gen Con like in 2000 and something. I don't know. I think it was 98, 99. That's how long ago it was. I mean, before 2000. Yeah. 1998. Was, yeah. Okay. But, um, but no, I mean, like there, there can be, there's some, games that are really good for strategy but like you said if you get too far into it then uh you know you just wind up i mean might as it's well like just do keeping math. 20 tabs open on your computer it's like i can't keep track of all of that yeah you know what i mean it's too much going on well and then you wind up with situations where it's like you know you're playing the game and you're working towards one goal and then someone's like hey you know i i won oh how did you win well i picked up 14 you know, flip dinger feathers on some sort of trap that you didn't even know existed because there's so many different ways to win. I mean, I, granted, multiple ways to win, I think, is more interesting on a game versus crossing the finish line. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, if there's so many different ways to win that they become obscured, then... Well, <clears throat> there can be different strategies of a way, of ways to win, but if there's so many different mechanics of different ways to win, that's when I think it gets crazy. Yeah. Like that um, wingspan, we played that with your brother Christmas oh, yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. That was really cool. That's that's like this big hot game. I mean, you know, it's, you know, these games have gone from like weirdness, obscurity board game board game uh, stores to, uh, I guess, mainstream because they show up in Target, but then they sit at Target because no everyone looks and goes, it's a board game. It costs sixty bucks. Oh my god, I'm not going to buy a sixty dollar board game from Target. And now I'm like, oh, sixty bucks at Target. Sixty bucks for a board game is like. Yes, All right. but then we find them on clearance marked down because they didn't sell. Right. And collect them. <clears throat> and have more games that sit in the basement calling to me. <laughs> but, uh, why won't you play me? So, uh, but yeah, so which kind of leads into the game that we were going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Which is, what is it? I still want to learn more. No, it's Small World. Oh, yeah, why is it labeled like that? Because I didn't change it. Oh. So, Small World. Small World. We are... Which I have played. Yes. On... Uh, we played that more than once, too. Oh, yeah. It's a fun game. We have, we've played it more than once. And um, it is really... I mean, for the amount of pieces that it has, it's one of those where you open it up and you got all the different cardboard things that you got to pop out. But it's the rules... Are complicated, but there isn't like she, Suzanne had said, there isn't an, so many of them that you get confused on what happens. Right. So, if you have not played Small World, um, it is by fan, uh, not Fantasy Flight, Days of Wonder Games, 
And the whole object is you have different maps that you can put down that will you have different territories. And the goal is to gain enough victory points. So in the beginning of the game, you have a choice of race, which can be vampires or giants or dwarves or elves. And rock then you men. have rockmen. And yeah, and then you have rock. a adjective <laughs> to add to right, that. Right. So seafaring or flying or magical or you know, whatever it is. But you've got different um dragon rider, I think is one of them too. Dragon Master. Dragon Master, yeah. So you would have you can have Dragon Master vampires. And you can play them out, get them into your, you know, collect territory. But then if you realize, sometimes in these territory claiming games, you're like, ah, crap, you know, I'm at a point where I can't get any further. Right, because all the territories are used up or whatever. But with this one, the races, they can only take you so far. So then you can, there comes a point where you can decide to put your race into decline and activate a new race so you draw another one mm. with another new adjective i think right yeah it's been a while since we played it but i think uh then it was like so one goes in, into decline and it's going to become inactive within a tur- turn or two and yep. then um your new one starts active and you you start building with that one yeah in order to do uh you you put a let's say you have your your race you put them into decline you basically skip a turn yeah. To you get d- yourself declare new, them. Declare that they're going into decline. And then you just, you choose, you have a choice of different races. And it's, um, you have to pay different point, amount of points and stuff to be able to draw what you want to draw. So you can like wait, you can see like you really want maybe seafaring elves because the map that you're playing on has a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Well, you can pay to get those if they're like two, three down the line. Or you could wait for somebody else to grab like the, you know, zombie dwarves and whatever ones are before it and pay less to get to right, get to that Right, right, because then they move up they move and up. you don't have to pay as much to grab them. Yeah, they like move down the line. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's fun. It is. Uh, it's kind of a standard game for us. We've actually played it online on Steam. I've got it uh, mm-hmm. on there. I've been playing it with some buddies and uh, also played it. I have it on my phone, too. It's a good game to play with a fairly large group of people because I think there's like 14 different races. Yeah, it says two to five players. So two players would. I feel like we played it with like seven people the one time. We played it with like five or six. We had a a large group of players the first time we played it. But I think it would be. um, I think you'd play it with two players. I think it would be fun with two players because you could choose the size of the map and you'd get more chances to play races. Yeah, that's true. You know, you can, it wouldn't be so much of a, because like you declare a, a race going into decline, if you're playing five people, you have four other people's turns that you have to wait for before you can start doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of the game, you punk counter up the points and uh, go from there. It's like how many points you have if you have a mine on your lands, or do you have an island, or do you have, uh, you know, how many tokens you have on each space and that sort of thing. It's it's fun. I mean, there isn't the, the combat isn't real difficult. Right. Not too complicated, but you still have to think, like, well, the more players you have, the more turns you have to think ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, if that race that you want is going to pop up in five turns, if somebody else is in decline, they, they're going to move that ahead. And 
Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but it's by Days of Wonder, and there are, let's see, there's expansions for it. I'm trying to find one of the ex- Oh, yeah. Small World Board Game Geek. There are ways that they, there's, of course, you know, they make a game and it launches. This one came out in 2009, and they made, I think there's like two or three expansions for it that have like uh, the uh, dark elves and races and that sort of thing that come through in the other ones. So, I mean, it's not, you can still find it. I mean, it's still on Amazon, so it's not uh, totally difficult to uh, get your hands on. And holy crap. What? Uh yeah, Small World is going for seventy bucks right now on is that Amazon. Really? Yeah, wow. holy cats! That's glad we got ours when we got ours. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, the other expansions there are Small World. There's a Compendium, and then there's Underground, which is actually makes that a lot of fun. Also, because then you've got the it gives you more maps, it gives you more creatures. So you have like fire sprites and mushroom men, and I don't know, like zo- more zombie type things. But you, you spider creatures also. Uh, but it adds a little bit more strategy to it, but it adds more maps and that sort of thing to it. So that's a lot of fun also. But yeah, played that. And like I said, playing it on a phone is a lot of fun because it's, um, it's, they call it asynchronous gaming. So you sit down at lunch at work and you play your turn. And then whoever it is you're playing, they'll get a notification. It's their turn. And then they have, I think, 12 hours to respond. So you can take a whole week to play a game, but there's no real rush to getting it done. I mean, so you can, so you can, you know, if you guys are all in and off at the same time or can sit around and do it, play at the same time, that's fine. Otherwise, you know, you can just wait for your turn to come around the next time and see how everything goes. And, and the other thing I like about the digital version is that it scores for you. So that's nice. Yeah. You don't have to do all the math. Yes. Because <laughs> math sucks. Hey, hey, hey. Of strategy games that I hate. Ones that have too much math. Yeah, so what's your, you, you never answered the question. What's your favorite type of game, strategy Ty- game? Type, favorite type of strategy game? Probably a war game. I like any type of. Like Risk? No, not Risk. Risk is risk is just random rolling of well, the dice. We already know Diplomacy. Blech. <clears throat> yeah, Diplomacy is blah. There is a version of Risk that I did like, um, Risk Legacy, where they added rules onto it. So you, instead of just having a. Um, it's almost like a post-apocalyptic type of risk where you played with the same people every time we played. I was playing it uh, with some guys from church, and I had the, as I do when I play risk, you take Australia because nobody, there's only one way in and out. But like the characters, the, the, the army for the Australian team was team. The, our Australian area army was actually like Mad Max Amazons. And they had this really cool ability where as long they were able to uh, move one space, I think it was they could move one space away and just pop up. Where like they had, because they all had cars, so they were able to travel faster than other contingents. But I like that one because it took risk and it added enough rules onto it to make it interesting. And the legacy version of it, where you keep playing with the same people, is that you can have stuff where, let's say, one of the cards that you can play in that game is you can literally drop a tactical nuke on an area. Well, then it becomes irradiated. And they have a sticker that you put over the title on that one. It's now become Wasteland. And then nobody can go there. Nobody can go there. Or you um, 
you know, you, you can name, you collect so many areas and you can actually claim a country to yourself and name it. And there's stuff, there's stickers that you put on the board. You play it till you're done and then you don't play it again because, you, like you said, there's cards in there that you're not supposed to open until like the fifth time you play. And you're not supposed to open this card until blah, blah, blah happens and everything's sealed up. So it's kind of a mystery in how the whole game's going to go. But it's a, it was a lot of fun. I think the of risk on its own doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of strategy but this added enough of a twist to it to make it not risk risk only in name mm-hmm. so that that i really liked um other strategy games i like is stuff like um pandemic which is a group everybody wins versus the game type strategy mm-hmm. so like the lord of the rings board game that I that I got years ago. Also, uh, the one by I forget who designed it, but it it was back when these type of games were just starting. Where it's everyone playing cooperatively. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, and it was it was it was before they had the mechanics down to make it even because. There were some points where it was just like you, you were just not going to win. You just know you're not going to win. You know, it was one of those, you know, you, you know, the you know that things are coming. Okay. Lord of the Rings. It was two come, came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. Renier Kinesia. Kinesia. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who made that game. And it is. It's it's sometimes it's unfair. I think they've had some new versions of it that came out, but sometimes it just got like, you know, Sauron just slapped the crap out of you, and that sort of thing. But uh, it's it's good. Then he was also the guy who did the Lord of the Rings game that we played with the kids. And that's the one I was thinking of at first, but I realized that one wasn't enough of what you were talking about. That one, the, our little one, always wanted to land on the one spot. So she could get... Build a pony. Build a pony. Yes, because God help us. The white horse. God help him. No, build I a thought pony. it was a Pegasus, but no, it no, wasn't. No, no, There was no Pegasus. There was, it was either um, build a... She always wanted or build a, a pony. Or a or something. Or she wanted... Um, uh, I just lost his name, but... Um, I don't know, but we, Gan- we used to like arrange it so that she could have it. Gan- Gandalf's <laughs> Just horse. to make her happy. Shadowfax. Shadowfax, yeah. Yes. That's the she way always it wanted Shadowfax or Bill the Pony. Yeah. And that's a nice, another nice game because it there is strategy to it. And the way uh, Renee Kinsia wrote out the rules is that there's actually a progression in it where you could start out really easy where you're just going from point A to point B. And it's, it's I don't want to say it's like an advanced candy land because it's definitely not. It's more than that. But it's enough that the girls were like six, eight years old and they were playing it with no problem. Yeah. And um, then there was additions onto it where you can actually lose characters. You had to like gain alliances with people, so you'd have to get Galadriel and you have to get uh, a Strider and everybody else to fight with you. But you can uh, you can actually lose characters on it also. So that was kind of a thing, you know. Played that way after a little while, and they you know it was a bit of a shock sometimes when they were like, "Oh wait, what do you mean they're gone?" Well, let's spider ate them. Remember, they had a little red. Yeah. You had to get the little. Knock up all the red cubes. Sheol or whatever. Shalub. Yeah. But yeah, so there's that one too. What else? And then we've got, that is my favorites. 
That's your favorite. Favorite. So I didn't realize that I liked maze race tape type games. Yeah. But now that I'm thinking about it, that's that's definitely because like um, Kill Doctor Lucky is like that. Yeah. It's a maze. A lot of lot of space Robo counting. Rally is like a maze that you have to get through, mm-hmm. and you get in each other's way and stuff, and then. Well, even Chinese checkers, it's kind of like a maze because you got to get through everybody else's pieces. And then I'm trying to think what was the other one I was thinking of. I don't know if I've ever actually played Chinese checkers. Oh, you haven't? No. I mean, I've played with marbles, but I haven't like <laughs> played the game. Played the game? No. Maybe that would be a conversation. We're classic a, classic two-player board games. We should put that on the Well, that could be like up to six players kind of a thing. Because it makes a star on the board. Oh, it's okay. like two equilateral triangles that make us like a six-pointed star. And everybody has a different color. And you have to get... Usually you're just going straight across the board to the other side. Okay. But you you can only move your marble like one space at a time unless you're jumping over somebody else. You could jump over your own pieces and you can jump over other people's pieces. And as long as there's a clear path, you can just keep jumping. Like, oh. you can jump all the way across the board so, if it lined up right. So if you wind up with six players, it gets pretty... Yeah, and then at some point, there's a traffic jam in the middle, and nobody can really move. Well, that's fun. I remember one time, I don't remember if it was my grandma or my dad jumped, like, all the way around the outside of the board. Somehow it lined up for them. I mean, if it works, it works. But there was that traffic jam in the middle, and they just went all the way around. It was funny. Cool. Well, yeah, I think maybe we'll do a show on classic, classic two-player games. Like Chess old games. And backgammon. I've never played backgammon. I haven't played it for a long time. I've always wanted to get like a nice backgammon game. I have... Mancala was that Mancala, game? Mancala, we've got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a Go set. And uh, another game... I mean. Another game that I like to learn how to play with everybody that I think you can play as two players is I actually have uh, the Mahjong set. Mahjong is two player? Can be. I don't know. I've only ever played the solitaire on. But know, that, my yeah, phone. but that's not the. I mean, the Mahjong on the phone is like just matching tiles. This one's like. Yeah. It's almost like poker where you have to like get sets oh. of tiles and there's the winds, north, south, east, west, and you've got the. The uh, the stork or whatever. There's just different animal tiles and all mm-hmm. that, but you have to collect those and you score points that way. Okay. No, I don't know so. anything about that. But yes, so there you go. Strategy games of the day. Game you can pick up actually is Small World. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up from both of us on Definitely. that one. Definitely. And uh, call to action: choose our first game demo. We are going to demo a game on uh, our sixth on Sunday. So Sunday. Sunday or Saturday? Well, this weekend. We're going to uh, demo a game and uh, learn how to play it on, on the show. And i was going to see if anybody can get on to Twitter. We are at Meeples and Wine on Twitter. Or you can go to our webpage, meeplesandwine.javacat.com. It's in the show notes. Go to our voicemail. Leave us a voicemail and let us know what board game you would like us to demo. And are we going to do that lot like live, like Facebook Live, or is we just going to record it? I don't know. I'm imagining long, long sets of silence while I read the rules. Well, we'll do rule reading before <laughs> we get to the game. 
Okay. That's always that's always a rule when we're playing with any game. The rules must always be within arm's reach of Suzanne. Because she will go back and check. I like the games where they gave you the little cheat sheets of the rules and you can everybody can have one. Those are nice. Mm-hmm. I do like those. But yeah, choose the first uh, demo game that we're going to have. And, uh, you know, if I can finagle and figure out a way to do it for a Facebook Live, we'll have to, or a Twitter, let's say Twitter Spaces, because we don't have a Facebook page. That's true. Yeah. Because I don't want to deal with 13 different socials for us. <laughs> we are on Twitter. You can also email us at uh, meeplesandwine at javacat.com. And that's on the webpage also and in the show notes. So we're looking forward to hearing from you if you have some ideas for board games that uh, you would like to hear hear us try out. Hear us struggle through. And uh, yeah, I think that would be mainly because I don't even know. And I also do want to call out to listener Nick. Oh, yeah. Who this morning said to me, he messaged me on our uh, Discord. Uh, I swear I'm not screaming the names of games into my headphones while I'm listening this. And uh, his wife apparently was like, why are you screaming perfection at nobody? It's seven in the morning. And perfection was the name of the game that Susie was trying to think of yesterday, where all the pieces popped out. Yeah, exploded everywhere and yeah, drove and a- me crazy. And apparently, uh, one of the things that drove him nuts is that you said you were a perfectionist while you were doing this. I- and you literally <laughs> said the name of the game in the middle of trying to figure out what the name of the game was. So <laughs> yep. I'm sure Nick's missing some hair after that one. So Nick, <laughs> thank you very much for the comments, man. And uh, we will be back tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.